Crypto Watch is presented by theconstantinvestor.com. I'm Alan Kohler, and every day my writing and podcasts put the financial world into context with a focus on the issues that matter. Join us today. It's only a dollar for the first month. And now it's time for this week's Crypto Watch. This week's Crypto Watch, and this week I'm talking to Adrian Harrison, who is leading the launch in Australia of a business called Horby Global. Now, Horby is a, uh, which I thought was pronounced Huobi, it's spelt H-U-O-B-I, um, and is a Chinese word apparently meaning fire currency, which sounds appropriate. Um, anyway, Horby uh, is a global exchange for trading cryptocurrencies. They've recently launched a uh, ETF. Adrian Harrison has come across from the uh, finance industry to lead it. He's got some interesting views about what's going on in cryptocurrencies and uh, also they did some research into crypto trading in Australia uh, before they launched. And so it's worth listening to what that research showed up. So here's Adrian Harrison, the CEO in Australia for Horby Global. Adrian, uh, Huobi, who you work for, has just announced uh, an expansion into Australia. And I, I gather that uh, prior to that, um, you did some research into digital currency trading in Australia. Tell us a bit about what you found. So the Australian market um, has many sophisticated and professional investors down here. So it's obviously a mature developed financial services market. Um, so you've got uh, a, a, an array of uh, mainly individual traders, um, some from financial services background, um, who have a, a strong interest in, in trading cryptocurrency. So you also have some hedge funds emerging and uh, trading uh, in, in this space. So it, it, it was certainly from a user point of view or an investor point of view, it's an attractive mature market. It's obviously not that large when compared to the the major crypto markets of, um, you know, Japan, uh, Korea and the US, uh, but it's certainly uh, relatively sophisticated. Something that did attract us to this market um, is the uh, how progressive the regulators are down here. So in terms of a regulatory environment, uh, and I'm talking there, Austrac being the the main regulator of uh, digital currency exchanges, um, ASIC and ATO. I'd say we've probably got, um, you know, amongst the top five in the world in terms of uh, progressive regulators. So that was attractive to us. Um, uh, I see that you've found that there are 300,000 unique customers of digital currency. Hang on, sorry, this, the dog is barking. <laughs> <laughs> Maisie, sit down. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> what sort of dog have you got? <laughs> it's a Labrador. And so oh, someone, just, someone just came to the door. That was the problem. Oh, uh, right. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> Did you want me to repeat any of that? No, no. Uh, well, it's okay. I think it's fine. Um, we'll mm. just have to have the barking. But um, So I, I, you found that there were 300,000 unique customers in Australia as part of the research. Um, yeah. uh, was that uh, before December? Or after December, I mean, obviously it's all it's all kind of the, the come down. Uh, the the price of Bitcoin and everything else has come down since then, and the sense has been that a lot of people have kind of uh, wandered off, uh, become less interested. Is that uh, the way it seems to you? 
I, I think that's a, a fair uh, assessment of the current situation. 300,000 users was certainly based on uh, last year's uh, number of users. Obviously, we had the peak of the market coming in December and uh, January of this year. So uh, that 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 uh, was and continues to be uh, the, the number of registered users in Australia or the best estimate that we have. Um, now, naturally, many of those um, are not active anymore uh, or are sort of dormant until we see the next uh, upturn in the market. So I, I would estimate, um, and it's, it's quite difficult to determine this, um, but I, I would estimate trading volumes will be one third this year, so in 2018, um, if it continues on the current uh, uh, fairly subdued trend, uh, then calendar year 2018, I, I would estimate to be to have one third of the trading volumes of 2017. Yeah, um, one third. Yeah, well, that sounds <laughs> that sounds understandable. Um, you also found that 83 percent of traders are male, 71 percent under 40. So it's a really a, a business for young men. Look, it's um. Uh, that that those numbers are are the estimates that we uh, we, we we've seen and um, um, <clears> that there's definitely you can see when you when you you look at the people registering you look at the meetups uh, that you know the, the the community based meetups crypto and blockchain community meetups that certainly um, is evidence that if it is evident that it is young men trading these kind of cryptocurrencies. Having said that, I think there's a huge opportunity there from a marketing point of view to be uh, focusing on on women users. So we, we do have a lot signing up. We work closely with the Blockchain Centre, um, which is a community-based uh, uh, centre promoting blockchain and crypto. Um, and their uh, CEO, Karen Cohen, uh, is, a, is a big uh, proponent of uh, promoting women in, in blockchain and, and crypto industry. So we, we see a big opportunity to work with them to help market to women. So tell us a bit about Huobi Group. What do they do? Who are they? Yeah, so uh, Horby Group is a... Horby, is it pronounced uh, Horby, is it? Sorry. Horby it is, yeah, exactly. Horby, right, okay. Um, Looks like Huobi, but Horby, okay, got it. That, that, that's right. So in Chinese, literally means... Fire currency uh, would be probably the most accurate translation. Uh, translation, but the Horby Group is one of the the largest um, uh, d digital asset uh, hubs in the world. So the, the the main business that they have is a digital currency exchange, which is one of which is uh, Horby Pro, and that is one of the largest three exchanges in the world. Uh, it also does VC type investments into blockchain projects and ICO, pre-ICO, et cetera, um, and also engages in mining activities, so in, in terms of crypto mining activities. Um, what we are in Australia, um, so that they've expanded in around the world, so as I said, Japan, Korea, uh, US, uh, recently into Australia and Canada and about to go into the... Um, uh, about to go into uh, the UK, so there's there's they're they're actually establishing exchanges in those countries, but there's a um, uh, hundred plus of, of users from a hundred plus countries in the world who use the global exchange, which is actually domiciled in Singapore, and uh, there are over five million users using using that exchange out of the Horby Pro exchange out of Singapore. So that's at a group level in Australia. 
Um, it is a joint venture in Australia, but Horby Group being the majority uh, shareholder. The minority shareholder is a group called Blockchain Global, which is a local leading uh, Melbourne-based uh, leading blockchain and um, uh, crypto exchange group. Um, so that that's the joint venture uh, down here, and we're specifically focused on a being a digital currency exchange. So we're a crypto exchange here, and the joint venture, Horby Australia, d does not engage in, in other activities outside the pure core exchange business. So that's our focus. And um, uh, I note that you've recently uh, launched or are about to launch in a cryptocurrency ETF. Tell us what's in that and, what, and what, how does it work? Uh, so... Um, we're not doing that in the Australian market. I understand there's discussions going on um, uh, globally, but I'm, I'm not actually privy to um, how far progressed those are, et cetera. So in, in the local market, we're not. So um, being the CEO of the local uh, exchange here, that, that's my key focus. So, crypto, But crypto is a borderless world. Presumably Australians can do it if they want to. Uh, so when you say do it, invest in, in the, the overseas exchanges. Yes, and overseas product. Yes, um, look, that that's exactly right. Um, you know, this is uh, you know, blockchain and crypto is is you know, borderless and uh, is uh, a great example of globalisation of technology. Um, so yes, there are Australians who are registered to use offshore exchanges, including Pro, uh, Hobby Pro. Um, likewise, there will be. Uh, offshore residents who can use our exchange. So, obviously, there there are from our from my point of view, very stringent. Uh, know your client and anti money laundering and counter terrorism financing uh, requirements that we need to adhere to as part of our registration with Austrac. Uh, and uh, we, you know, we have a, a very formal policy in place where we have to um, onboard clients. Uh, in line with those guidelines and with those policies. Uh, and then, yes, people can trade, including offshore residents. So it's interesting you said that you, you've one of the reasons you launched in Australia is because of the environment, the regulatory environment here. But you don't find it... Uh, you don't find it more restrictive in Australia because the... Simply because the regulators are more onto it. They seem to be more engaged. The ATO, Austrac uh, and ASIC are all more engaged, it would seem, than regulators around the world. Um, yes. So th does that that doesn't make it a tighter, tougher environment in Australia, does it? It, it makes it a significantly tougher environment, and uh, we we, we <coughs> excuse me we welcome welcome regulation. We actually want more regulation. So part of um, my mandate down here is to be working as closely as possible with the regulators uh, to help them understand what the industry is doing, what we're doing, and getting tighter regulation around it. And, of, of course, with with better regulation comes increased uh, investor confidence, um, uh, including from institutional investors, but also private individuals who, you know, may, may previously have had a, um, uh, a, a negative view on the safety of investing in, in, in this, in, you know, in, in crypto exchanges. So <clears throat> what we're bringing to the market is, um, uh, renowned as the best or amongst the best security, uh, just in terms of uh, the security of holding assets and, and, and trading. Um, you know, most number of trading pairs, the tightest spreads, 
very competitive prices and 24-7 customer service. Now, in an environment where we can engage with the regulator and get even tighter um, regulation, you're getting more investors will come into the space um, for two reasons. One, they'll be more confident, but also as blockchain technology um, is more widely adopted and accepted in society, uh, people become more comfortable in investing uh, in this space. So, you know, with, with increased investors coming into the space, you attract talent uh, into the space, including those coming out of financial services uh, who have an understanding of um, how exchanges operate and the processes, et cetera. And, and they, in turn, can uh, give more confidence to the regulators and work with the regulators to, um, you know, further develop and mature regulations around the market. And so this, um, you know, you've got this positive feedback loop effectively happening. Um, so we welcome more regulation. In fact, um, uh, uh, are there signs that other regulators around the world are starting to look at Australia and following it, do you think? <clears throat> I, I don't know that. Um, we, we, we tend to be, I'm from a financial services background, so we actually have a, uh, I know we have a very strong reputation amongst other regulators globally and uh, there, there are many regulators who, um, you know, for, in, in various areas, look at and follow examples coming out of Australia, uh, but that's for financial services more generally. Yeah. I, I don't know of examples uh, so far of people uh, copying our regulations, so I'm not sure about that. Yeah, right. So you must, um, having jumped from, as you say, from financial services into the world of cryptocurrencies, you must think it's a good mm -hmm. career move. I, I, I think it's a very exciting career move. So my move out of you know, sort of a couple of decades, uh, mainly in Asia, actually, um, Singapore, Hong Kong, and, and many years up in China as well, working in um, uh, mainly in uh, initially private wealth, but uh, then asset management, hedge funds, um, and, um, and uh, um, uh, equity markets as well. So uh, I've come from that background. My initial, uh, I'm, I'm a huge believer in blockchain, and it's, it's, it's transformative, uh, the, the, its ability to transform many aspects of society. Um, I, I think the adoption of it is going to be, you know, all pervasive across uh, society. So I'm a huge believer in that. Uh, my first move uh, into, you know, fintech for one of a, uh, one of a better word, I know that's a very broad expression, was uh, working for a listed uh, UK uh, fintech solution provider, and it effectively provided cloud-based solutions that sat on a blockchain to solve for uh, uh, many of the operational inefficiencies and to, to create and to optimise those processes, uh, operational processes within capital markets. So you've seen this huge um, uh, array of regulations coming out post-crisis. That's increased complexity within capital markets. Um, and uh, the, this company was in there solving for those complexities. So having sat in there um, and, and, and seen the power, uh, the, the, the huge inefficiencies that exist and the power for these technologies to create efficiencies and and more and, and bring more stability to global financial markets, which is essentially the aim. Um, I, I was a huge, you know, I, I was even a stronger believer in uh, where things are going in the future. And then Horby came to me and uh, said, you know, would I would I lead the opening of this exchange in Australia? 
um, and I thought that was a, a a very exciting move. So look, it's it's a it's a it's a very interesting space. It's extremely dynamic. Um, uh, I get I get great exposure to all the projects in Australia because naturally I you know we want to talk to them because. Uh, we, we'd like some of those to list on our exchange, and many of them would like to list on our exchange. So it, it, it's great exposure. Um, it's uh, the, the the industry is obviously a lot less mature uh, than the sort of industry that I've come out of. So uh, that that says um, you know there's a there's a great opportunity ahead as as it matures. Have you invested in uh, cryptocurrencies yourself? I, I have. Um, my my background which, is probably which uh, ones. Is it, Oh, look, I'm, 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 I'm sort of uh, the, the, the sort of the, the, the top few, I would say, the most popular ones. So uh, I've, I've uh, sort of come in um, as a bit of a novice, you know, a, a year ago, and um, sort of bought and sold a few. So I, I wouldn't say to call myself a big crypto trader, um, and uh, you know, certainly as a, uh, you know, a CEO of a of a local ex- of an exchange, um, I don't like to sort of uh, talk about uh, or, or promote one over over another. So I've been fairly conservative in my background, certainly compared to uh, many who trade in this space or who have a, a lot higher risk appetite than me. So uh, uh, I, I'll, I'll um, watching carefully and looking for uh, you know new exciting projects as they come onto our exchange uh, that I may may well invest into. Having come and in, come into this uh, area with some fresh eyes, what do you think is going on uh, among the, in particular, the, the, the sort of big coins, Ethereum, Litecoin, obviously Bitcoin, EOS, and so on? Uh, I mean, do do you think that they are they're all vying for sort of leadership in 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 payments exchange uh, in the future? And do you think that it'll result in a winner take all? Or is there a place for? Do you think there might be a place for uh, a lot of them? Look, I, I think uh, different different coins have different purposes, um, and and depending, um, you know, whether they're a security token, or, you know, a security token, or or or, or more as a, a utility token for a platform, there are uh, different different use cases, and and coins can be obviously. Uh, Valuable for for e- or, or um, are relevant to each use case. Um, a- again, just in terms of um, making any comment around uh, which which coins will be uh, more successful than others, um, I'd, I'd, I'd be reluctant to comment individually on on any coins. However, what I would say is, um, uh, you, you know, there's probably about eighteen hundred uh, coins in the world uh, listed. I think. Uh, there, you know, there's probably not room for that many coins. I think that's probably uh, obvious to many people. So, you know, which are the winners, which are the losers, which are um, overvalued, which are undervalued? Uh, look, time, time will tell, but uh, we certainly uh, come out of a, a very high peak in the market in December, uh, December, January. Prices have come down to more uh, hopefully sustainable levels, uh, and we'll see winners and losers emerge in the in the coming uh, coming years. Great to talk to you, Adrian. Thank you. Thank you, Alan. Appreciate your time. That was Adrian Harrison, the CEO in Australia for Horby Global. And now it's time for this week's Crypto Watch Market Wrap with market commentator Saeed Sadawi. 
The biggest news this week is the continued Bitcoin ETF rumors. Fueling these rumors this week has been a meeting of G20 finance ministers, with cryptocurrencies decided as not posing a risk to global financial stability. While the ministers added it's important to remain vigilant, Bitcoin has responded favorably to the news, up a massive 20% in this week alone. The largest US-based digital currency exchange this week has formed a Political Action Committee, or PAC, among the tentative regulatory climate for blockchain and cryptocurrencies. Formed for the purpose of providing support for candidates whose viewpoints and policies align with the objectives of Coinbase, and to perhaps express disapproval over candidates with an overly dismissive tone. A report surfaced this week providing details that the two largest Ethereum-based decentralized applications, or dApps, ranked by both users and volume, have raked in over US $43 million worth of Ethereum alone. While seemingly harmless, this report is quite concerning as both dApps are of poor taste, with even their team classifying them as an exit scam and a gambling dApp. This week has seen the widespread return of crypto-related advertisements. Contributing to the latest market downturn, tech titans Instagram, Google, and Yahoo have joined Facebook this week in resuming these ads. While currently restricted to Coinbase-related ads, this restriction is expected to ease into the coming weeks. And finally, Nanjing, a Chinese province this week, has demonstrated its commitment to blockchain, allocating a massive US $1.5 billion for use in a blockchain investment fund. And now onto the market wrap-up for the week. The absolute star of the show has been the Mac Daddy Bitcoin, up an insane 20%. Eclipsing US 8,000, Bitcoin is currently priced at US 8,300. This is likely tied to the favorable news out this week circulating a rumored ETF. Bitcoin dominance is also at yearly highs, up almost 5% this week, currently ticking over 47%. Global market cap this week is up almost US $30 billion or 10% to just over US $300 billion. It's evident the majority of this new capital has been funneled primarily into Bitcoin. With overall volume sitting at a healthy US $21 billion, Bitcoin volume is currently sitting at a reassuring US $7.5 billion. This represents approximately 50% growth from last week. Bitcoin's dominating weekly performance has led to the vast majority of alts being left in the dust. Despite some alts eclipsing Bitcoin, much of these has had news-based catalysts to thank for their performance. For example, the popular altcoin Holochain is up over 100% this week. This performance, however, is attributable to a listing on one of the world's largest exchange, namely Binance. Majors Ethereum, Ripple, Bitcoin Cash and Litecoin have, like the rest of the alt market, had a rough one while up on average 2.75%. Should this trend in a rising BTC dominance continue, its likely alts will continue to suffer. And that's all for the weekly wrap-up. I'm Saeed Sadawi, and I'll see you next time. Crypto Watch is presented by theconstantinvestor.com. Our theme music was written and recorded by Broke Free. <laughs>